0: Call for Action presents of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host Shirley Rooker.
1: Retirement may be just around the corner, perhaps you're there or maybe it's a ways down the road. But there are things you need to consider. What do you need to do? How do you manage your finances and how do you manage your new free time? Well, these are all questions that people need to take a hard look at before they take that big step. And we're going to talk to somebody who really knows. My guest today is Janet Bodner. She's the former editor of Kiplinger's Personal Finance Magazine. She is now the editor-at-large. She writes a couple of columns for them, and we'll discuss those in a little bit. And she's going to speak to us about her experience. She was at the magazine for a long time. She was the editor for eight years and then decided to retire or let's say, partly retire. I think she's got the perfect combination. Janet, welcome to Of Consuming Interest.
0: Oh, Thanks very much,
1: Shirley. It, it really is exciting because I've known you for a long time. I'm a great admirer of your work. And knowing you, I'm sure you gave a lot of thought and planning into the fact that you were going to retire and figuring out what you were going to do next. And I think that one of the, the things that, that makes for a successful retirement, although goodness knows I'm only halfway there, I'm not there. I'm not there. (laughs) Anyway, is having something to do that interests you, that you have a passion about. And I know that you, this is certainly what you do in terms of writing your columns. Um, So anyway, let's just start out. Tell us how you made your own personal journey from a very important editor of a very personal, a very important financial magazine To transitioning and letting somebody else do the hard work and you take all the glory—that's how I like to look at it. (laughs) Right. (laughs)
0: Well, you know, Shirley, it was something that, and I really think this is true. Uh, and people often say this, you kind of know it when the time comes. You sort of know that this is is something that you want to do now. And for me, um, it was was a a number of things. First of all, I had been editor of the magazine for uh, eight years and I felt like I had accomplished what I wanted to accomplish, that I had gotten the magazine to a place where it was, um, you know, I had a wonderful staff uh, and, uh, you know, it, it was it was in a good place. you know we were doing really good work for our subscribers, for our readers and so it was it was time for me to, to, to kind of leave, on a high, if you will, instead mm. of waiting too long, you know. And so that was one, uh, one big thing. Another thing was um, I started to have grandchildren. You know, I have three adult children, two of whom are married, one of whom is now engaged. And uh, suddenly I was having, they were having little babies. And, uh, you know, as a full-time worker, uh, I really, one of them was out of town, one of them was living in California. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of tough to uh, to carve out time to visit uh, or to spend time with the kids when you're on a regular work schedule and so I started to think you know okay um, you know this this is something that is worth thinking about and then financially we looked at the finances my husband and I did and we said well you know this is something that you know we could we could handle that we could manage and so everything just seemed to um, to come together and to the point that you made you do really need to have um, something to Retire to, you No, know, I, I just I've been writing this. I column for the magazine called um, Living in Retirement, and one of my readers said, you know, uh, one of the things that people had always told him was that you don't retire from something, you retire to something. And in my case, the retire to was that even though I was retiring as the you know chief editor of the magazine, I was um, asked uh, by my by the folks here at Kiplinger to continue writing writing for the magazine on a couple of themes and one of which was living in retirement since I'm now doing this and another theme was uh, women and money because that's something that I had been writing about for the magazine for the last couple of years and uh, it's kind of a niche interest that I have had uh, in the financial field. So anyway, I was asked if I would continue writing those columns and I thought, well, this is great because, you know, I was very interested in writing those columns. I have an interest in both of those things and and so I thought this would be uh, enough for me to uh, stay within the business, you know, and to to continue doing what I love doing without the day to day responsibility of running the magazine. So all those factors just um, just seemed to converge, and it seemed like a, a great time. And the I did it last July. It's almost I'm coming up on a year, and and thus far the schedule has worked out very well.
1: Well, knowing you, Janet, I'm sure that you, you did put a lot of thought into it, and you're, that's evident in your columns and the things that you write and the things that I've worked with you on. So, so I know that from personal experience because you and I have a long history of right. – um, <laughs> we go back a ways. But, uh, and it was interesting to me because I always think of you as such a dynamic person to see, okay, so how did Janet transition into a time where she's not so busy – Running a magazine—I mean, that's a big job. Being an mm-hmm. editor, and especially of this particular magazine, because you've got to be on top of everything that's going on in the world. Um, so, your your choices, I think, have been very good and should be very inspiring to people. My husband, when he retired, he retired from IBM, and he went into uh, started out volunteering at our state's attorney's office. And then he ended up because he did have a law degree. He ended up being a prosecutor for the state. So in our in our county, mm-hmm. so it was a an easy transition for him too in many ways. So it it does make that is a very important thing because you got to have a reason to get up in the morning. You can't right, just exactly. get up and say. Well, what am I going to do today? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and and I think that's you you you're great. You're great that you're in a position where you could do that. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't. But you know, I always say to them, there's so many volunteer opportunities out there. There's so many wonderful organizations there you can give your time and really make a difference in your community. So, you know, you may decide to do a lot of that as well to uh, in the little spare time that you have. So, okay. So you make the transition, and and you make all these decisions beforehand. So how do you do? It seems to me like one of the biggest factors when people are leaving a job is: have you really planned for retirement financially? Mm-hmm. Um, did you decide to downsize? Did you keep the same house? What did you What did you do in that score? If you don't mind talking about it.
0: Well, no, actually, we're we're still where we were. We have not planned to downsize. We don't have plans um, to do so at any time soon. I think one of the reasons is that, you know, we don't, our house now is not uh, overwhelmingly large, you mm-hmm. know. Um, it's comfortable, uh, but it's not overwhelming. And 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 we still have a lot of, uh, even though our, our three kids are grown and out of the house, we still have a lot of people coming to stay, you know, visiting. Mm-hmm. There's our daughter in California. California, who has one little ch- baby, and now she's going to have a second one. She told us. Oh, on that's Day. fun. So not, they're moving from California to Michigan, but they're still going to be coming and staying with us, and so we need the room for them. Uh, my sister lives in in Pittsburgh. My uh, my brother, my brother-in-law, and sister-in-law live in Philadelphia. My sister-in-law and brother-in-law live up in Maine. So we have a lot of out-of-town family members, and we're very close to our family. So we like having the space that we have, and again, it doesn't seem it's not.
1: So it's not so well overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Let's just take a brief pause here to let our listeners know they're tuned into Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Janet Bodner. Janet uh, is the editor at large of Kiplinger's Personal Finance magazine. She used to be the editor, decided to retire from that position, and works there writing two columns one on living in retirement and the other one for women in retirement. And uh, I think it, it's very very encouraging and, and makes me happy to hear you having such a good experience, Janet. But let's help our listeners. How did they make that transition? You've already said you've got to look at your finances and think about where you're retiring to, not what are you retiring from, which I, I like that concept. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there's one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's considering retirement, now, of course, you're going to tell the younger folks in the audience, Plan ahead and save your money. Right. So Okay. Mm-hmm. But what if they're close? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think you need to um well from a financial statement another quote that that um you know people have uh said uh, my readers have told me my readers have just responded to this living in retirement column in Spades and I get
1: so much mail. Oh, that's lovely. Yes. You know. And well then, they all, uh, we're all going to be there someday right, hopefully. Right. Exactly. But, mm-hmm. you know,
0: but the thing is I'm also hearing from people who are not quite there yet but they're asking the same question that you just asked, you know, how do I know it's time? And you know, uh, from a financial um uh, one, from a financial standpoint, one of my readers wrote in and said, well, one quote I've always remembered is that it's ta- you know it's time to retire when you have enough and when you've had enough. <laughs> That's uh, wonderful. Which is another, you know, I mean, it really is, is good. I mean, everybody who has written to me has said, we have planned this out financially. We know that we can do this. And and this is one of the, uh, several things that have happened. A lot of people s- still have traditional pen. Pensions, especially in this area, you know, where you have a lot of government employees, Mm -hmm. and so some people still have a traditional pension which they they can rely on. Um, Another, some people were uh, subject to buyouts, and they decided that they would take a buyout at a fairly young age. I've heard from people who've retired before the early sixties, even before they reached sixty. They took a buyout, and then they began a new career, you know, because they felt that they were still young enough to do that, or that they had um, other, you know, they had interests that they wanted to pursue. And and a lot of people really did go to financial advisors and said look here's what we have this is the pension income we have if any um, these are our savings this is what we have in a 401k plan or in an IRA um, you know this is part time income that we might want to have continuing you know going on and they asked for an outside opinion on uh, what they should do and um, That's a, a great lot of people idea. did that yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it really is and mm-hmm. and that is one of the times in your life that advice outside advice really helps well they
1: can take an objective look at what exactly you, what you mm-hmm. do whether whereas you get very personally involved and maybe yeah. lose sight of mm-hmm. the goal right so I think that you you need to do.
0: First of all, financially, you need to do what you feel comfortable with. And if you can't, if you can't manage it, you know, then obviously the decision is no. It's not time for you to retire. You're going to have to work a little longer to save more, or you're going to have to wait a little longer to uh, apply for Social Security, because as you know, your benefits increase the longer that you, you know, the longer you work before you actually apply for benefits. So, you know, the numbers may make the decision for you. And, uh, and if the decision is no, then the decision is no. And so you go from there. Now, if the decision is yes, financially you can do it, then, you know, you got to ask yourself some other questions. Again, what will I do with my time? And I just got something, um, another letter from readers. Readers are so wonderful. Um, and the, the gentleman said, uh, I have a Sunday night rule uh, on retirement, and my Sunday night rule is this. How do you feel on Sunday night about going to work the next day? If you feel excited or if you feel upbeat about it, then... It's It's not time for you to retire. If you feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to drag myself in again. I'm going to have to face responsibilities that I don't want to shoulder anymore or I want to face a situation that, you know, I don't feel comfortable with. Then, you know, that might be a good time for you to think about retiring. And so that's his Sunday night rule.
1: I love that. That's great. I mean,
0: you know, people are terrific with the way they think about these things.
1: Well, and, and determining what's right for you. I think right, exactly. Is, and it's going to be
0: very different from person very personal to person. It, it's, it really is. Yeah.
1: It's a very personal decision. You have to make that decision what is what is the, the right time for you. Okay, so the the people who retire, and, and I think one of the joys of, of being retired from my friends, and, and my husband and I travel a lot because I do have flexibility in what I do, is being able to travel, right? And you know, you just came back from a trip, I know, and mm-hmm. uh, so it's it's that's a great thing as well. So incorporate some of those things, and there are groups. You know, there's elder house. It doesn't have to cost a fortune either. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of organizations and groups that are specifically set up for seniors even. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that might be a a consideration for our our listeners. So, okay, so we've we've taken the the rule of do I want to get up in the morning and go to work, which I think is a great, great one. Looking at the financial angle, a lot of people want to go work on a second job. Which I think is absolutely fabulous. Uh, my husband did it. He he loved doing being a prosecutor. It was really a great thing until he got to be a job, and then he decided it was time to he right. really did retire. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that can happen. But I think that to people to identify and that job doesn't even have to be a paying job if you can afford it. Go volunteer somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's
0: true. You know, um, well. You know, from, again, from what I hear from my readers, and this is very interesting, uh, they, I did, one of the questions that I asked in one of my columns was, you know, has it worked out the way you thought and how are you spending your time? Okay, so volunteering is one thing that people are doing. Um, finding another job or another career is another thing that they're doing. Travel, as you just mentioned, is very high up on everyone's list. And family is very high up on everyone's list. Um, And, you know, it's funny. When I wrote my original column on this, I had a whole to-do list of what I was going to do, you know, in retirement. And one of the things on my list was I wanted to have the bathrooms remodeled. And another (laughs) thing I wanted to do was clean out the closets. So I fessed up in my last column that I hadn't gotten to those things yet. I've been retired for a year. haven't done either of those things. I have. I do spend more time with with my grandchildren. I have done that. That was right at the top of my list. And we have done more traveling, but we haven't gotten to the closets and we haven't gotten to remodeling the bathrooms. And so, again, the readers wrote in and said... Don't worry about it. That's right. They said the the priorities that you have will rise to the top, Yeah. you know, and the things that are not priorities will, you know, fall to the bottom. And if you really do need something to do because you find that you've done everything else, you'll go to your to-do list and you'll say, oh, what's
1: still on it, you know? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You know, know, your your readers are very wise. I love the feedback that you're getting from them, Janet, and obviously you do too. I think that is so much fun to hear from people that you're giving them a good advice, but they're also giving you and sharing a right. lot with you. So exactly, so that is that is just totally totally super. I love it. Let's just take a brief pause here and let our listeners know they're they're tuned into off consuming interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Janet Bodner. Janet is the former editor of Kiplinger's Personal Finance magazine, and she is now the editor-at-large, having retired last year. And we're talking about retirement and whether or not you're ready for it, what do you need to know, what do you need to do. She also writes a couple of columns for the magazine, and she's been sharing some of that information with us. But let's move on to another area that I know is of special interest to you, Janet, and that is women. Right. Because you your statement is and, and this is not a sexist statement that women view money and maybe even retirement differently than men, different from men. Give us a little hint of what you're talking about there.
0: Well, you know, it's really interesting. Um, They just, uh, women find themselves, and when I started writing about this for the magazine, I heard from a lot of my male readers who said, why would you even want to write about this? Because, you know, the the advice is, good advice is good advice. You know, stocks are stocks and bonds are bonds, and good advice is is good advice for everyone, both men and women. And that is totally 100% true. Um, But what happens with women is that they often view things from a different lens, I guess, because they find themselves in different situations within their lives. And uh, because of that, they take these products and services, and they use them in different ways. And so what I try to do in my column is give women very practical advice. This, these are things that you should think about as a women, as a woman that might be a little different from your spouse, assuming you're married to a man. Not everyone is nowadays, but men, men and women look at money and look at investing. Investing is a good example. I'll just give you one example of many things. Um, when women and men look at investing, men tend to be, and research has shown this um, consistently, I look for research that I think I can trust, and, and that is things that seem to make sense to me and seems, themes that seem to be consistent. Men tend to look at uh, investments as, you know, did I beat a certain index? You know, did I? how am I doing versus the S&P? How much did I, what kind of a return did I get on my portfolio last year? Women tend to be more goal-oriented. So they're looking at, gee, do I have enough money to send my kids to college? Do I have enough money to retire? Do I have enough money if I wanted to take a year off and just, you know, uh, travel around the world? So they're very much more goal oriented and not so much numbers oriented. And it's things like that that you know, um, you know, men and women just, you know, it just is is uh, a different way of looking at things. And there are certain products that appeal uh, to women more. For example. One that I often write about is spousal IRAs. Now you, if you are a non-working spouse, if you are a stay at home mom, you know, who's been out of the workforce for a number of years, you can still have your own retirement funds if you have a working spouse because you can have a spousal IRA. And what that does, now that is something that may be a footnote on page, you know, 600 of a large financial planning tome. But if you are a stay-at-home spouse or a stay-at-home mom, um, you know, this is very important to you because not only can you have your own retirement funds growing if something should happen. To the marriage, God forbid, but you and your spouse are doubling down on your retirement savings, and so you're actually able to put aside more money. So again, this is something that would be of particular interest to women who have been staying home with children for a long period of time. So it's a it's a it's a vehicle that's av- available to everyone, but is of particular interest to women.
1: Oh yes, I mean my gosh, that that's very significant. You know, I think there's the sense of of having some financial freedom, some financial right. income of your own there's nothing like it's mine not that you're being selfish about it but it's a it's a certain feeling of security that i think it can give
0: Right, exactly. And my whole point in, in, in writing about this is that women, one I've written a couple books on the subject of women and money, and the, first, the title of the first edition of the book was Think Single. And that had nothing to do with marital status, but just the way of, of thinking independently what you just said about your money. So that if at any point in your life, regardless of your marital status, you would feel comfortable managing money, you know, you would feel comfortable investing your money or planning for your retirement, so that you're not really depending on someone else to do this for you. And I think that's that's really important for women because they, they still, even nowadays, with, with so many women in the workforce and, you know, things have changed so drastically, really, from previous generations, but still, you know, women can find themselves in a situation where perhaps they're at least partly dependent on someone else. And, um, you know, that's okay. You know, that's, that's just that's going to happen. But you have to recognize um, that it's happening and you have to take, take whatever steps you can to maintain your independence your financial independence
1: Janet uh, can can our listeners find your information on the internet Oh yes your columns definitely.
0: Well, first of all, the columns that I write are in the magazine, Kiplinger's Personal Finance Magazine, and I alternate them. So one month is living in retirement, and the other month is called the uh, Money Smart Women column. And uh, those appear in the magazine. They're on our website at kiplinger.com under columns, uh, under the retirement column and also the, the women in money column. And also uh, my book, uh, the new title, the latest title of the book is uh, Money Smart Women, and that's still available um, online at uh, Amazon or at barnesandnoble.com. And uh, so uh, I probably, I may do an updated edition in my semi-retirement, who knows? But, you know, yeah, the but, advice... But don't
1: is, make that go along with the cleaning out the closets. Janet. Right,
0: exactly. <laughs> but I'm not sure I want to tackle that yet, but the advice is still it totally, the numbers, you know, are, the numbers, of course, change every year, but the advice, I think, is, is uh, timeless, you know, and it really is good advice for people, for women in particular, on how to maintain their independence and what they need to do.
1: One last got about 30 40 seconds. What would you say to to anyone who's listening? Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> Where do I even Retire start? and
1: enjoy it? Oh, definitely. I would say
0: start planning you know, start, th- if you're talking about retirement, you know, start thinking about it a few years before you might actually do it. Because, it, you know, it takes some time. And that's know.
1: even if you have already resolved the financial issues.
0: Right, exactly. This is your
1: life planning that you're talking yeah, about. You,
0: you need to know, I, I think that the biggest fear is that the big old empty. You know, you get up one morning and you got nothing to do, you know, and some actually some of my readers have told me that's okay with them. They get up in the morning and every day is a new day and they do something new and that's fine, but you need to know what your own personality is. Some people thrive on that kind of, you know, open-ended time. We can do whatever I want. And some people really need a schedule. So you've got to know where you are because you're not really going to change that much when you retire.
1: No, that's right. You're going to have that same personality. Well, my my husband... My husband is so funny. He says, well, I, when people ask him what he does, he says, "Well, I don't do anything and I don't start that until noon." So <laughs> oh, which is so far, which is to. so far from the truth, but, but I love the thought behind right, it. Right, exactly. So, anyway, Janet, it's been such a treat to have you on and I I'm sure that our listeners have gained some insight and some joy just talking about some of the things that you're doing. So thank you so much. You've been listening to Of Consuming Interest right here in Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. My guest has been Janet Bodner. She is the editor-at-large of Kiplinger's Personal Finance Magazine. She's their former editor. She is retired, -retired, semi-retired, semi-retired, Janet. Thank you again. This is Shirley Rooker. You can reach me at Shirley at (laughs) callforaction.org.